Hello, I'm your host, Effie Pilarinu, and today I'm connecting all of us with uh, Dinis Guarda. Dinis, welcome. It's so great to have you again and, and connecting with you. Uh, for, for our audience, Dinis Guarda wears so many hats. Um, he's a serial entrepreneur. He's an author of multiple uh, books and he's the CEO of Cidium and the Freedom X. And today, I mean, we have to focus on one of the many topics that he's passionate about and that he not only writes, but builds uh, projects and, and creates communities and inspiration around them. Today, we're going to focus on smart cities. Dennis, welcome and thank you for making the time um, in your busy schedule. No, it's a pleasure to be here, Afi. You know, I admire a lot your work and uh, your fantastic thought leadership and work. Thank you, Dennis. So let's start from, you know, the recent uh, wonderful event uh, that I, I wasn't able to attend uh, in person in London that was um, around uh, the launch of uh, a research that you have been spearheading around uh, smart cities. Tell us, let's, let's start from the basics. What are smart cities? I mean, naively speaking, people probably think of, okay, let's put some sensors here and there uh, and, and, you know, make things uh, smart from the, the trash bins to the, the, the traffic lights and things like that. Tell us how to think about smart cities today. Yeah, uh, it's a good question. And, I, and the, one of the conclusions of the study we've been doing in the last three years is definitely there's very still a lot of, um, uh, I would say, a lot of questions around defining smart cities. But I, I would say that my definition, and I think all the people I've been working is that the smart cities are a bit like the cities of the past, they embed the hopes of humanity and they provide a promise of trying to improve and use the best technologies of our time to improve the cities and the places where we live. And this implies fundamental areas of policies, the fundamental areas of technologies that can support the, the, the cities. And having a component of data around these decisions, around this quantification and around the, the process of managing a city. So like you said, you can use all the layers of technologies to improve better cities and to create solutions that can actually embed these parts that you can create a better areas of uh, strategy. And I think this is particularly important because when you look at this, one of the areas that we discuss is mostly what makes a city, especially if you look at history, most of the innovation around history has been always based on cities. And... Um, and the quadruple or where actually the different areas of the smart city touches is how we can improve the financial and the business of a city that of course creates um, wellness, financial wellness and, and illness in general, the health, the education, the liability, the people and human resources and all the, the areas of leadership of the city. So mostly a smart city is a smarter city. I like to call it smarter city concept. Actually, uh, I'm writing a book about smarter cities. And in the sense is using the tools of our times, the fourth industrial revolution, emerging technologies to improve this management of the city. 
And this is kind of what should be the concept of smart cities, not so much about IoT, blockchain, AI, but using the tools to empower the 360 degrees our city can work and as well the sustainability around the city. The human first, then the second. And I would say that just to finish is mostly the people. Um, that is, of course, always first. The education and the academia, the financial and the business, and of course, all the technology components on this. And I think this is where the relationship with this creates a smart city. Why, why do I have the impression that uh, uh, the research that's been done, and I'd like to understand more, tell us what kind of research and who was involved in this, because you mentioned it's a three-year research project, but it gives me the sense that, that you're sort of... Um, uh, impersonating the ancient uh, Greeks uh, approach of, of uh, what uh, politia is. Uh, polis is what we call city and, and so on. So it is actually yeah. a very good point. It's a very good point. I, I, uh, the polis, the Greek Athenas and the polis was actually the first, um, I would say the per, first structure, <laughs> I would say that is the, the first smart city. Let's put it that way, because it was a city that put together all the elements that uh, that we're trying to do right now. So the, the, the bridge between the policies, the bridge between the governance, and of course, at the time, it was the most advanced city in the world. So, so I think this kind of areas, and of course, the technology as well, but the technology changes with time. So, of course, right now we have the digital technology in the fourth industrial revolution of society 5.0. If you would go to old Greek times, we had all the different technology, which at the time were still the most advanced, like writing and like uh, uh, fire and all these things that were key. Uh, so this was a research and it's still a research ongoing. We didn't finish it. Then we have two components. So one component is an academic and research uh, part. And the second part is a technology layer that we're building. So we're building a global cities um, index that we call it Cities ABC Index DNA. That is part of the platform citiesabc.com that uh, intends to be a platform for sustaining cities and, and kind of creating a layer of data and wiki around cities. So it's like a wiki for cities with a component of data on the top of that. And the, this is open data. We're trying to make the platform open to everyone in the world. And the citiesabc.com is precisely a platform that I created because of my experience working with countries and cities around the world. And I found that there was a huge problem with data. So that means even the, something as simple as the number of inhabitants per city varies if you go to different sources and sometimes you don't understand which is the number that is correct. So if you go more, let's say in the top 1,000 cities in the world or top 2,000, then you get lost and you get lost. Okay, what's the number of the population? What's the criteria for this? What's the policies? And that's what we try to do. So this was a research that was conducted and led, of course, by our team in Studium and Cities ABC. That is, uh, Tech ABC is one of our companies related with this. And we had uh, two major partners on the academic side that led this. So uh, Professor Kiran uh, Jude Fernandez, that is the vice dean of University of Durham and former director of UNESCO UK, and uh, as well as board, part of the board of Studium Group. And he's as well a professor in operations management in the University of Durham, and, uh, and has been working with the likes of MIT and NASA, precisely working on this. And this was a study that he did with uh, Professor Yu Xiang, that is as well part of our scientific council. So Professor Yu Xiang is a very high profile personality as well in the academic world, is a professor in operations management as well, in the University of Surrey and Vice Dean uh, for, I think, International Affairs. 
and has been involved as well with Cambridge and a lot of other universities. So these two uh, academics are part of our academic team. We've been working with them for three years. And Professor Kiran put together with two other professors, so Dr. Atanu Shodare, and that is a professor from the University of, of Durham as well, and um, uh, Ashish Kakar, that is a research scholar in operations management as well in the University of Surrey. And then we work, and I want to highlight that as well, with um, Birgit Anderson, that is the Chief Innovation Officer of Big Innovation Center, which I think is a good interview for you, Effie. She is one of the personalities leading the UK Parliament research around blockchain AI and as well working right now in some ideas related with smart cities. And we had, of course, Hilton Super in our team of leadership. And we had uh, Jayon Peterson from the World Smart Cities involved and um, as well David Fernandez and the team of uh, researchers from our team, Maria Fonseca, Antoni de, de Sigley and uh, William o o o Ogie and uh, Caroline. So and this is kind of the team. We are right now uh, highlighting this and taking this study to become a bigger publication about the city's policies and definitions, even the concepts that we're talking here. So it seems to me that um, this is uh, a kind of bringing together what we call in innovation ecosystems, but really bringing it into to, to daily life and, and not just in innovation labs or innovation hubs and so on. And bringing these concepts where you need all these policies, you need the data, you, you need the human capital, uh, the upskilling and so on. But how does the concept of digital twins fit into this it, it because i'm asking you know digital twins are discussed in uh, within the context of of the metaverse but it seems to me that they have a place also in smart cities and in you know building the bridges between the physical city the physical world and economic activity and whatever goes on in the in the virtual world and not thinking only about gaming virtual world we we all know is 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 broad so so tell us about digital twins and and how you think of these within this context of the smart cities yeah, actually, the digital twins start precisely related with the data projection for smart cities. Actually, was in it, now it expanded to the metaverse and to a lot of different things. But the digital twin has been until now, and it's a multi-billion dollars industry right now. That is a virtual representation of an object or system that spans the life cycle and is updated from real-time data, and uses simulation, machine learning, and to help decision making and looking at these things. So. This digital twin start initially by looking at digital twins from a building, digital twin from a district in a city. And this is, in the end of the day, is the core of smart cities technology, in the end of the day. Of course, the, the point right now is that digital twins, because of the advantage that it brings and the risks as well, we need to consider all the pros and cons, but of course, it's much more positive than negative. It can be used for wrong things like any technology. But the digital twins technology evolved to become, I would say, the 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 layer of uh, um, 
that defines a lot of the technology around uh, 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 smart cities and actually any city in the world or any building. So if you look at any city that is uh, trying to have a layer of technology and looking at life cycle, for instance, of a building um, and gets real-time update, this is the digital twin. I think the concept became very powerful because, of course, it solves so much problems. And for me, I, I actually... I've been working on digital twins for the last three years, mostly to looking at actually more than three years, but three years more, more in terms of more advanced research. And the fact that we have right now entire digital twins of cities, for instance, the UK has an entire system of digital twins for city of London, and actually they're creating an entire system for the entire country. Actually, I've been working with the UK department that uh, is working on this, and actually there's partnerships with global cities. For Istanbul has is been working some of these things. You have, for instance, of course, Singapore that is super advanced. New York is advancing on this. For instance, we have been working with a company called Citizenix that mostly has been creating digital twin technology for entire systems, districts, and cities. And of course, this is going to be a huge element because from this component of the cities, districts, and so forth, now we took this for digital twins of ourselves. And of course, this takes a lot of uh, ethical considerations and but as well as healthcare, data protection, because for instance, if you create an entire digital twin of you or me, and if this is done properly on technology level, I can understand everything about my health. Um, and actually we can start predicting, okay, the issues on your health, uh, the issues on a lot of different things. And now even with the AI, for instance, right now, as you know, I'm working in avatar technology, and one of the things we discussed was, for instance, for some faces uh, where you're working with um, uh, uh, doctors that are especially focused in, in facial recognition and different things, we can start predicting actually the personality of the person and we can start having a lot of other consequences. So I think this part of digital twin, let's say in one end, I think for you and for me that are very digital exists already. So at the moment, the first layer is I'm talking right now from the cities to, and this is about smart cities to the personal, is that at the moment, for instance, in cities in China, you can already understand people walking and finding all the information about this person and then starting to put data associated with the person, financial data um, and a lot of different things. So this is this is the same what in buildings, for instance, we're working with a team that actually creates uh, uh, digital twins for most of the buildings in Silicon Valley. And this creates a huge uh, economy of scale. And as well, it protects from if there's an earthquake, if there's anything, actually the digital twin can start creating this. But as well, you create the life cycle. If the building has problems of electricity, the building is, is some kind of pollutive uh, or, or non-sustainable the, the part, this starts creating a lot of new ways. So that's what we're trying to do with this. And that's what we, that the digital twin technology is going to be more and more important going forward, both for the smart cities and for us as individuals i mean for me when i think of of digital twins i i think of the first of um trade type of use cases uh, because there i i see more clearly what can be done and and i know that there's a lot of smart manufacturing if you want and logistics and so on on that and i see less ethical issues and, and more potential also in the, in, in the uh, combined in the financial sector to, to improve. But in general, I mean, for me, 
how we are changing trade with all these technologies is a big uh, topic, but also identification and, and ownership. And I know that you think about these concepts a lot with the broad and, and very sort of uh, uh, being involved in all these progressive technologies all the time, you see how ownership and trade is is um, evolving. Can you can you talk to us a little bit about those uh, concepts? Some of your uh, recent um, thinking. Yeah, I think it's a very important question, and you can look at it from the perspective of smart cities, from the perspective of society, and from the perspective of us as individuals. So I think I think we are. Actually, uh, one of my new research is about the humanity next stage of development. And I think at the moment we have like three layers that are, or multiple layers that are right now clashing with each other, but progressing and evolving at the same time. And you touch a very important thing on the financial data, because for instance, if you look at Bloomberg terminal or any kind of financial terminal is a digital print terminal that represents uh, data and models data in terms of um, facts and information. So if you look at this part, I think the, the main point is if you look at this from a city's perspective, um, there's data right now, we have the, the financial data, the economical data, then we're starting to have the real-time 3D data. For instance, I can start visualizing an entire city, a district, and then I can actually look and create physical versus virtual. Then when it comes to us, this is already happening because, for instance, there's there's the Effie that is here with me and you are virtual right now talking with me. So we're already in a metaverse kind of interaction and it's me that I'm physical here, but that's my version that will be on this interview. So this is kind of already an amplification of ourselves and it's a digital twin of ourselves that we're putting outside. So I think the challenge right now, and I think there's a challenge and an opportunity, and that is where I always put my, my hat as an author and my hat as an entrepreneur and technologist as three, as, and as well, one hat that I'm right now, and actually I'm very um, concerned about this as well as, a, as an ethical uh, point of view or ESG, um, is that this is creating a lot of new nuances because at the moment there's a velocity of understanding what we're talking here. So very few people can actually understand a lot of these things we're talking about. And this is a big problem, is that, the technology will not stop and the AI is going to be as advanced in five years as all capacity of humanity. Uh, Elon Musk publicly is starting to build right now humanoids. I've been working with Sophia the Robot, with David Anson and, um, and uh, Ben Gortzel, which are people that I admire a lot and I've been collaborating. And actually I'm buying some robots myself and this is already happening. Okay, this is not in five years. So, so the challenge right now in terms of this data quantification and digital twin part that is key for the smart cities is, are we going to do this to create a better narrative for humans or are we going to create numb people? They're going to be kind of uh, brainstormed or kind of uh, uh, brainwashed, which is worse by these technologies. And this is something that we need to consider even looking at what is happening right now with Ukraine, that just using media in a very basic, low basic, you can do wonderful and horrible things. So I would say that these areas of data, I always look at it from a perspective of as an entrepreneur on the very positive side, as an author in a very kind of more, uh, I would say very conscious that this is very dangerous, okay? Uh, and for instance, you have the, if you look at the, the, 
let's look at the visions of the future. I always like to look at Star Wars versus Star Trek um, and or even Terminator. I prefer that we create a Star Wars or Star actually Star Trek version of humanity because at least humanity continues building and technology still uh, supports humanity, not the other way around. So I would say to wrap up is that this data quantification that we're building and these new layers uh, of digital twins, for me, the biggest challenge is definitely people being conscious about it because we are all already on this. Everyone that has a smartphone is quantifying the data, health. Um, the, the smartphone knows more about our health than we know. And he knows everything. Uh, and, and he knows if we are in good health, if you are in bad health, if we are stressed, if you are not sleeping, he can predict most of the stuff. And of course, if you put this data on the financial insurance level, as you can imagine, you can start qualifying people and people that are risk, people that are not risk. So I think this is the biggest risk, but on the positive side, we can actually create millions of new jobs and you can use this to leapfrog humanity to the society 5.0, which I think it's critical, but definitely, and as well, that's what smart cities in theory are, is, is really creating better and smarter cities. So I believe that we have that opportunity and it's in our hands. And I think people like you and me can actually amplify this to the rest of the people and at least translate this in a simple way. Because if we make it too complex, people don't, don't care or they don't really take it serious. But this is part of all of us because in the end of the day, companies like Facebook, Google, um, Apple, and Amazon, they're not the bad guys. Okay, They will let them do that. So it's our responsibility as well to give them a sense of responsibility and, and make them uh, aware and responsible for the good and the bad that comes out of this. I agree totally with you and in, in, uh, we've discussed this uh, often that part of our um, giving back uh, is to spread the word and understanding so we don't create a new digital divide through these uh, technologies that you know, even ourselves, we, we are having, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot to keep up with how they are used and, and what uh, is happening because we are really li living in this convergence of advanced technologies and, and huge experimentation of the possibilities of how to use uh, in, in good ways and to solve big social problems and inequalities and always focused, as you said, on the fact that we shouldn't be creating another divide and another inequality or another um, privileged society versus uh, uh, unprivileged. I mean, Dennis, we could be talking hours about these um, issues. Thank you so much for, for sharing all this. Um, uh, on the topic of, of smart cities, I'll be sharing with the audience the link so they can go and, and read more in depth uh, if, if they want. And tell us one last, uh, um, if you want, share with us a thought in terms of this approach of a human-centric, if you want, use of all these exciting digital uh, technologies? I think, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a big thing, but I, I would try to summarize it. For me, it's, if you look at uh, the digital twins and smart cities as a way to make a smarter 
people. That's what I try to do. So I try to, I say, we're building these fantastic technologies and smart cities in the end of the day is about putting the best of our technologies up front and creating better systems for our cities that combines all the different areas. So if you look at that as a way of empowering ourselves in terms of, first of all, continuous education, continuous learning, and as well, projects like this of yours that are really important because I learned with you, we learn with each other. And, and I think people listen to us, of course, we are more, a bit more critical and more curious about learning these things. But I think it's really people need to keep this curiosity. And that's what I keep that. It's my inner child. And I see, I learn a lot with my children because they are another generation. But I think for people listening to us, I, I would put always a bit of a carrot on the, on the stick. Uh, I think we need to think about that in a psychological way, is that if we let ourselves go, we become zombies. And I would say that avoid that. Avoid that because there's much more control in our hands than we think. And we can make a big difference, even if it's just uh, about uh, being... Because at the moment, the problem with the digital world is that there's the 90-10 and the 99-1. Is that... 90% of the people are passive. They're just consuming. 10% are influencers and people putting the message out there. And 1% are creators. So that never changed humanity. But the point right now is that these creators, if they use this for wrong, we have a big problem. And they don't want 99% of zombies. So we want to make sure that we use these technologies to empower us. And especially people leading cities, people leading businesses, Please, if you're not on this, you are losing the best opportunity of your business and your life. So as well, look at the positive because that's a massive opportunity here. And probably complain less and be more grateful and use these things because I think it's another thing I see is a lot of people just looking at the negative stuff but not really going deep and understanding. Just go through the stereotype, but let's get deep. When you start getting deep, you start seeing new opportunities, new business, and that's what I love to do about this. So on an inspirational, positive note, uh, we want people to get more involved and become creators in, in, and express themselves in whatever way. And, and for me also, Dennis, it's all about enabling digital communities that go beyond the physical. And, and that for me is, is full of, of hope and, and gives me a lot of joy to think that we will have um, at, at our fingertips, if you want, such a technology and really be in communities that we love to be and we can co-create. So that's sort of uh, the vision that um, keeps me hoping and, and blocking away the negative uh, parts. Thank you so much again, Dennis, for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you for this opportunity.